Welcome to Heroic Hearts Podcast, where we will explore the heroic journeys of St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese of Lisieux to heal, inspire, and re-enchant our own hearts. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Heroic Hearts. This is Walter Emerson. You're used to hearing Amy Chase open this up, and so I'm happy to do it uh, this time. And that's because Amy's going to give us a special talk today on her visit to France to walk in the footsteps of St. Joan of Arc. So I'm sort of um, <clears throat> having to kind of step into her role in this one and uh, let her let her do uh, let her do that presentation. So welcome, Amy. How are you? Well, thank you, Walter. It's kind of it's fun to switch seats for this episode and uh, get to get to talk a little bit about my my journey with Joan in France recently, and um, and then yeah, just I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your questions about it because we've chatted a little bit about it, but I we haven't really got to talk in depth about some of those experiences. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be wonderful, and I can't wait till we get back and you take this role on because you do it so much better than I do. <laughs> and so, but I'm but I'm I'm glad to I'm I'm glad to do it. And so, why don't we? Uh, let's see. Well, why don't we open up with our enchanting moments? Wonderful. Okay. Well, I have a really um, good one this week. Sean and I, my husband, took a trip up the California coast. Uh, it was part business and part pleasure. And we decided to go the scenic route, which would be to take the um, Highway 1 or the Pacific Coast Highway and take that all the way up the coast. And so we went all the way up to um Sacramento, which is uh, in Northern California. We started out here in, in Southern California, Orange County. And it was such a beautiful drive. The, 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 the coast, the scenic um, coast route is, uh, is amazing. And anybody who finds himself in this part of the United States should really do it at, at some point. It's some of the most beautiful scenery on earth and we just really enjoyed our our time together and um god's beautiful nature and the stunning views so that was my enchanting moment well i've been up uh what is that highway one or uh, it's it is highway one mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's the scene yeah we uh many many years ago josie and i went up there and it's i my memories of it are this just stunning so it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful uh, drive that I think everyone should do. <laughs> well, you know, a couple of years ago, um, it was about four or five years ago, we had some really bad rainstorms. I think it might have been an El Nino year. And a good portion of the mountain came down onto that road and blocked it off for quite quite a while. So that I think was, I saw pictures of that. Yeah. I think I think something like a like a third of a mile of that of that um, roadway was just covered in a landslide, and so it took, wow. took quite a long time for them to um, restore it so that it could be used again. Um, so we, we were just grateful that we had that opportunity. Yeah, I think I think I remember seeing pictures of that. Oh. Well, that's wonderful. So that sounds like a really a really good time. And uh, my, mine was a little bit different. Mine didn't involve any any travel or anything. But you know, and I, I was I was thinking about this. I'm 
um, I, I'm a, I'm a member because I started the book club, I'm a member of a book. <laughs> so it's good that I'm a member because I started it and they haven't kicked me out yet, but, um, it's uh, called Walter's book club. Oh, and so anyway, we're, we're, wow, nice. I, I did that to make sure they don't kick me out, make sure that they don't, they don't kick me out. But you know what we're reading? The reason I got started was because of, uh, I'd been wanting to read Flannery O'Connor, the great, you know, she, the, if you're familiar, of course, uh, yes. Catholic uh, author and short story writer and everything. And I remember uh, about a year ago, I finally decided to read some of her short stories. And I really honestly struggled with them. I didn't really understand them. It's, you know, for those of you who know Flannery O'Connor, she was a brilliant writer and she wrote in this very gothic Southern style. And her characters were uh, just not, they were, they weren't always the nicest characters. So I, I kind of, I struggled with what was going on. And anyway, I, I talked to some people and I said, you know, I'm really struggling with Flannery's writing. So I could use some help and we formed a little book club. And so we, we meet and talk and I, I kind of, I, you know, struggled for, for quite a while, but uh, through this book club, they, and this is, I think the power of working with other people is they, they really helped me and talked to me because they gave me different, and, and they're not Catholic, but they gave me perspectives that I didn't uh, really know or didn't really perceive. And I came to appreciate, have come to appreciate uh, Flannery's, uh, uh, you know, her writing and approach much more. And now, and they wanted to move on to the next set. So we did the second set of short stories and now we're into her letters. So we're starting her letters. Oh, oh we're just on a Flannery roll. And, uh, I read the introduction to her letters and I was just amazed because the, the person who did the introduction uh, was one of the recipients of one of her letters, but she described uh, Flannery's faith as she understood Flannery. And and it was, it was really uh, encouraging. It was affirming for me that uh, she truly is a sister in the faith. That's wonderful. In, in the way that she views things. And I found that to be enchanting because I, I grew to really, I, I've grown to really have a great appreciation for this author that, that so many people talk about. Yeah. And I had, I had never read. And then I struggled with, when I was reading because if you've never read Flannery, look out. And it's a different kind of a writing. So anyway, that was my enchanting moment. Now, that, is, the, is the book of her letters you're talking about, is that, I think it's called Habit of Being? Yes. Oh, that is on my my reading list for this year. So I'm, I'm quite envious that you've gotten to it before me, but that is, uh, that is something that I, I really love. Well, I, I have to make an admission. I, I, <laughs> we got about, we read the first one, the good man is hard to find. And, um, uh, we got about halfway into that and I wanted to bail out. I was like, I was like, do you guys want to read anything else? Because I, I'm not really getting this. And they're like, no, but you don't understand. And, and they're like, they're not even Catholic or anything. Yeah, they're like, you got to. So I said, okay. And then I became, yeah, I, I persevered. And I, then I, got, I came to appreciate. Then the second book, the second book of short stories, was, I thought was wonderful. And now we're in the letters. So I've, I have, I've learned to become a very big Flannery fan, thanks to the help. But it shows you, sometimes you just can't walk it alone. You've got you've to gotta be with other people who will help sure. you. Oh, good. So, well, I'm glad you have that <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, all right. So, Amy, we are here today because we want to hear about your marvelous trip. So, for all the listeners out there, Amy went to France and she walked in the footsteps of St. Joan of Arc and went on a, a pilgrimage with a group that I actually am familiar with. I've, I have, uh, have 
you know, written and emailed uh, the group. Don't know them, you know, personally, having having met them, but a group that does these uh, tours uh, uh, over there. And so uh, we kind of want to get into and hear your story because this was this was really about Saint Joan of Arc, right? Yes. Wasn't it? Well, how did you, so how did this begin? How did Amy end up even thinking about going over for this tour? Yeah, that is a great question. And actually, I'm still asking myself that because somewhere and at some time, I stumbled across a website called pilgrimwitnesses.com. And um, it is run by my now good friends, uh, Chris Snydow and his wife, Catherine. Uh, who run these pilgrimages. And so they have been, for the last 20 years or so, they've been leading these Joan of Arc pilgrimages to France once a year. Now, they haven't done it every year. I think they've probably done a total of 13 pilgrimages over the years. But um, it's just something they started. They are a, they're a married couple. Um, the husband, Chris, is from the United States. His wife is from France. They met in Taizé, France, many years ago. Um, and their, their story is fascinating as well. And you can probably find it on their website, but they, they stumbled across St. Joan's story, became fascinated by it. Catherine, who is French, you know, grew, grew up knowing who Joan of Arc was, but not really knowing her full story. And it was through, uh, the wonderful writer and historian Regine, uh, Pernou, um, yeah. her books that they came to know Joan of Arc. And then when they looked for this type of um, pilgrimage they couldn't find one and so they decided to lead it themselves well that's that's fantastic i know uh chris and katrine that uh, i have not met them personally but i do know them uh sort of online and through email and just seem like incredibly nice i mean wonderful wonderful people wonderful people huge hearts um they love the lord and they they're just committed to sharing sharing saint joan's story with with, with people who are interested and want to get to know her through her environment, through the places that Joan lived and walked and fought and, you know, made these extraordinary sacrifices. Well, I think it's a good affirmation, too, of I always use the English pronunciation, of course. I always say Regine Pernoud, but I guess it's Regine Pernou. But uh, but that those really are the places, you know, we did the we did the season on Mark Twain's book, which is really a, a great book. But we talked, I think, a few times about Regine Pernoud's yes. book. And she's done several books and she was the head of the French National Archives. And, and, you know, her own story was one of a young woman growing up and knowing about Joan of Arc and being bored with the whole thing, but then suddenly, you know, being ignited in her devotion. So I think it's a good affirmation of that. So that's, that's fantastic. So you got, uh, you got uh, situated with, um, with the tour. Yeah. I just, you know, it was something I had stumbled across and I had actually opened up the PDF. So they had the, the the pilgrimage itinerary was in a PDF format, and I must have clicked on it. And honestly, I can't remember when this happened. But in April, I stumbled across. It was an open tab still on my iPad, and I it actually I, I turned on my iPad one day, and it was just open. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I you know what? I, I had downloaded this. I never read it, so I read it, and I read I read it, and this was in April, as I said, April of this year. And the, uh, the deadline to sign up was in April of this year. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe I should do this. Here I am doing this podcast with Walter about Joan of Arc. You know, why not actually go and see these places that we're reading about and talking about? And so I just on a whim, I mean, literally it was on a whim. It was like, I just made up my mind that weekend that I would go. And I 
you know, I, I signed up, sent in my reservation and, and my check and a couple, you know, a couple of weeks later uh, or a couple months later uh, was on an airplane going to France. So, yeah. So Amy writes me and says, bye, I'm going on a tour to <laughs> Joan of Arc tour of France. So that, that's what a fantastic trip. So, so, so tell us how it, how it began. So what, what happens when you go on a Joan of Arc yeah. tour? Where did you, you know, where did you start? <laughs> well, um, so, you know, we all arrived uh, at the airport in Paris at the Charles de Gaulle airport. And we had, we were, um, you know, meeting at the Starbucks there. And so uh, there were eight pilgrims and then the two tour leaders, Chris and Catherine. So we we were a group of 10 and um, we just, you know, we, we, we all piled into two SUVs and these are French SUVs, so they were quite small. We were supposed to have vans, but there was a mix-up at the the car rental agency. So, uh, so we got quite cozy in in these these tiny little Fiat SUVs, and we headed out. And we had um, we had I think three different locations where we we kind of home based for a couple of days, and then made little day tours. Um, the first one we went to was. Um, Saint Benoit sur Loire, and I apologize for my French, and I know we do have a few French listeners, um, but that uh, was a monastery on the the Loire River, which oh goodness, it is it's near it's near Orleans, so that's kind of our base there, and it is it is just extraordinarily beautiful. Um, where it, it is a Benedictine Abbey. So they've got um, a group of monks there, maybe 20 or 30. Um, and this this ancient church, I think it was built around the 11, uh, 11th century or so. And most um, extraordinarily of all for me was to discover that the relics of St. Benedict are there. Like he is there. His box wow. of bones is there in the crypt. I had no idea. I know. <laughs> it was quite extraordinary to discover that. Well, I thought they would be, you know, somewhere down in yeah, Italy or you, around. Yes, you would think that. And and no, I'm not just talking about like a jawbone or an ankle bone, right? Like it's really the box. It, it, it is his, um, for, you know, most of them at least. I could, I could say it's, a, it's at least most of his relics are there. And so what had happened was, and I don't want to get too far into this story, but in Italy um, during, you know, one of the barbarian raids when the um the monks there at, at i guess monte casino uh were in danger they they buried his relics and, and escaped and then about a century later the french benedictines went to go look for him because it wasn't right that he was just sort of abandoned found him and brought him back to france and where he's wow. been i guess ever since wow well there may be some listeners who are up on saint benedict and know that but that's that's news for yes, me <laughs> yes and so um yeah so that was that was really great to be able to you know pretty much sleep next to saint benedict's relics um yeah so we were there for a couple of days and um and so, so does that mean you started at orleans yeah we did and so the, so chronologically speaking our pilgrimage was a little out of order because if you wanted to go in order of of Joan's life, we would have started in her village of Domremy, uh, which we visited next. But it's it was more a geographic thing. Orléans was closer to Paris, so we drove. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably made more sense from a time stand, managing time standpoint. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, so we started there. Um, we got to visit while we were there. Um, we visited. Um, a chateau called Sully sur Loire, and this was a chateau where where Joan had stayed for a couple of months um, uh, during you know uh, during her campaigns, 
Um, we I went- think that might have been where uh, Charles was held up after she freed Orleans. Yes, and, yes. I and she was that. trying to she was trying to negotiate the uh, uh, Richemont. Uh, oh. Uh, Reconciliation, Reconciliation with Constable Richmond, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I, I may be wrong on that, but it sounds. I think that's, if I recall right, that's. The- yeah, and that was that. Oh my goodness! When I when I first when we first drove up to that castle, I, you know, it was like it. That was an enchanting moment. Let me tell you, in like every sense of the word, it looked like a castle out of a fairy tale. It had a moat. It had, you know, like the drawbridge and the, it was just beautiful. It, it's just what you you would imagine a medieval castle to look like. And so that was, wow. yeah, that was quite extraordinary. And of course we went to Orléans. We went to the great cathedral there. Um, we got to go to uh, the site of Les Tourelles where she had, you know, where the, the, the final great battle was there for, um, to, to raise the siege. Wow, what was that like just to be, I mean, we watch movies and we imagine it and we see videos of really the most, uh, you know, one of the most important battles in the history of Western civilization. And you're standing right there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it was quite extraordinary. And, and it, again, I've talked about this idea of saturation before where like the, the, it, the ideas are, are so intense and the, and the stimulation is, it's so great that your mind is struggling to make sense of it. And so that I definitely had the sense of that while I was standing there on the site of um, Lake Terrell, it's, it's no longer there. Like the, the that bridge and, um, mm. uh, I guess it was kind of a fort, you know, that it, they're no longer there, but, but the river is there and you can see where this happened and you can see how close it was to the city of Orléans. And you can imagine all of these things. Um, and today there's families down in the river kind of picnicking and, you know, wading in the water and it's just a, a recreational area, but you can imagine what it was like when it was a, a big battle. You're, you're fighting. For- yeah, and our, our, our listeners probably remember if you've listened to the first season says Le Terrell was Bastille that was really the last one to fall. So uh, Joan, they they started they took the bastille of san lu and then <clears throat> the augustinians and and uh then Le Terrell was really the last obstacle between uh you know them and 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 freeing or orleans and it, it was really the the kind of the thing the cork in the bottle that was that was keeping that had to be op- that had to be opened up and uh so that was really that particular so we, the 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 siege of Orléans was lifted over about eight days, but it it had to be that last Bastille of Le Terrell. That was the the key battle. Yes, so that was that was quite extraordinary. Um, and so then after the Orléans uh, part of the tour, then we went to Domremy. It's called it's nowadays it's called Domremy La Pucelle, but in uh, which means the maid. But at the time, it was just her little village of Domremy, and that was I think for most of us that was probably the um the best part of the trip because it was it's still a tiny little village it can't be more than a hundred inhabitants <laughs> you know and and it's in the it's in this it's in the idyllic French countryside it's very pastoral there are sheep and cows and the the Meuse River just meanders through the village and through the countryside um, that's where the fairy tree is although it's no longer standing but you can go to the field where it was and there you know there are other trees there that you can imagine what it was like um that was that was something else wow that would be truly a magical um you know i've I've never been there and i would love to 
just go walk in those fields where, where St. Joan. Yes. Yeah. And you can, <laughs> you really can. It's just, you know, it, it hasn't, it hasn't really been discovered by tourists. Um, now, of course there is, there is a basilica. There's a beautiful basilica there uh, very near the, the, where the fairy tree is. And we had, we had the wonderful fortune of staying in a, a pilgrim house there um, I think it's the Chemin du Jean d'Arc or, or something. And it's run um, by a lovely couple um, that, that are, they're just a lay couple and, and they, they run it and you, you can stay there. The rooms are quite comfortable, quite accommodating. Um, we were, I think we were the only pilgrims there at that, at that time. And, and so you're, you're right next to the Basilica where you can pray, you know, um, morning and night, and it's. it's well, I could imagine. I could imagine just seeing the kids playing, and yeah. and um, and even though the paladin was uh, sort of a made-up character, I, I would still see the paladin running around. Yes, you could. You could see. Yes, you could see them playing and and you know, singing around the fairy tree. So that was that was lovely. So did it strike you? Did it strike you? I mean, the the idea. And, and just, I'm just throwing this out. Did it strike you? You went to Orléans. I mean, this is the, that's the big moment, right? That is, yeah. that is the striking moment in Western civilization. This young lady's leading an army, you know, defeats the English uh, and the, and the, and, and frees Orléans. And then you go to Domremy and you look and say, this, this was, this was where she grew up as a child. How did that happen? Yes, that is that is such a good question. It's hard to imagine how that happened, how that transition happened, because it is um, it's such a big contrast. We're we are talking just the, the the smallest little village one could imagine, and then to go from that to leading your country's um, armed armed forces in battle against you know a foreign yeah. nation. It's I don't know. Well, and of course, the key, the key to that was the uh, garden where St. Yeah. Michael appeared. Yes. But you, you went there, right? You oh, were... thank you for reminding me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we went to... Because you sent us a... You gave <laughs> me a rock from that garden. So. Right, yes. I know. I don't know if I was allowed to take that out of France, but I... I oh, okay. We should... Everybody scratch that. <laughs> of course, of course. Amy yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> we'll edit that out. No. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Yeah, so we, we went to her house, uh, La Maison de Natal de Jeanne d'Arc, uh, and... It, um, there is, so, so the actual structure where she was, you know, born and, and raised in, um, that is no longer standing. There is a, there is still a house there from, you know, that's a couple of centuries old and it was just built after her lifetime, but it's still, it's still very much, you know, still very much maintained, um, the tradition of, of her life. It is right next door to the church. So mm. she literally lived a stone's throw, like her guard, like the garden, where she um, she heard Saint Michael, you know, her the the place of her first um, locutions was is it's it's facing the church. Like you could just throw it, throw a stone at it. So um, so that just really that 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 idea impressed itself upon me that you know she she was standing here speaking to Saint Michael, <laughs> like yeah. like where I was standing, like right here. Um, that blows your mind. Yeah, that that would seem to me to be a an extremely mystical and contemplative, yeah, yes, uh, contemplative uh, place. Yeah, it, it was quite beautiful. Um, but then I lost my cell phone there, so. <laughs> <laughs>
so that I had a very practical concern. Where is my cell phone? I didn't trace all my steps. I did find it. Somebody turned it in. But yes, I was so overcome by the thought of St. Michael and St. Joan of Arc, their conversation that I, I dropped or you know, misplaced my phone. <laughs> um, so so from, from, Do- from Dom Raimi, so where, where does one go after that? Yeah, well, we were very um, sorry to say goodbye to Dom Raimi, but we then went to Rams. Uh, rings uh, for sort of the final part of the story, which was uh, Charles the uh, Seventh's coronation. So we had to go there to the cathedral um, to see where he was crowned. And of course, as we as we um, talked about in one of the episodes last or the first season, the the anointing, the anointing of the king, and the the holy oil, the holy chrism oil that had to be brought um, in order to do so to make it a legitimate make it a legitimate um coronation i guess uh so we were we we got to see that um and then we had we had a really amazing talk from a professor who is an expert in in all of that um and i'm not going to try to say his name uh doc well i will say it but i'm going to butcher it dr patrick demuy i think but well well known professor there and he, he invited us into his home and gave us all just a lovely talk of all about the, the coronation. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Now that would be another place that I could just uh, imagine uh, being there at the time that all this was taking place yes. and the celebrations. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and I didn't realize at the time until I was there that Reims is in the, the province of Champagne. So Champagne, France, Champagne. Right. Yeah. So we stayed our and there we stayed at a monastery again, a Benedictine monastery, this time run by sisters. And we're right next to like just fields and like vineyards, the champagne vineyards. So that was lovely. So from from the cathedral then. So where where did we go after that? So that pretty much brings us to the end of the official tour. And I think that total time was about 11 days. Um, now, two of my friends uh, that I've mentioned this part before, um, Deborah and John, we decided to stay on one extra day and then make the trip up to um, up to Rouen, where Joan, you know, ended her life. That's where she had. That's where she was um, in, imprisoned, had the trials, and then was executed. And that was not part of the official tour. I think it's mostly just kind of a, a time and logistics constraint. It was it was a bit of a hike for us to get there. Um, we it was literally planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, we we were having to take all sorts of different um, types of public transportation. Took us a good four hours just to get there, and four hours back. Um, it was a very long day, but it was so worth it because that that trip was that was amazing. Just to, to now you mentioned that last yes, time. That was yep. where you. You kind of went through all the places that even the tourists don't get to go to. Yes, we did, because we had a lovely tour guide, our our, our lovely 90-year-old Jacqueline, um, who's lived there all her life and knows knows the city up and down. Um, who's, yeah, she was brilliant. And that was just, that was so lovely. Well, what, uh, well, I have to ask, because, you know, in each of these places, you know, what, what was it like? Because I can only imagine standing in yeah. Orleans and then standing in, in the garden in Dome Ramey. But what's it like to stand in the in that area where Joan of Arc, where she ended her life? Yeah, that, again, was was really a tremendous experience. Now, the, the actual site, so like the very site where Joan, you know, where they, they've determined that um, 
the, uh, the the stake would have been and where she she would have um, she would have been killed is they they kind of covered that up with with like a garden. So it, it used to be more visible. Um, it's it's the old market. So I think it's mm. called the Vieille Marche. And so it, it, it was a fish market. Uh, it still is, actually. And um, there would have been a place where you could very distinctly see where she, where, um, she was martyred. Now they've now it's been kind of covered up with the garden. And there's a little tiny little sign, um, but it's it's obscured. But there is right next to it a, um, a quite quite a stunning, very modern church dedicated to her. And inside that church is a beautiful, beautiful um, statue that was done also in a more modern style, but it's quite, it's quite an enchanting um, image of Joan. And I will, I think I will, I will post the picture, a few pictures when we release this episode so people can see. Yeah, that's fantastic. Did, I mean, did you get us, did you get a sense that, that, uh, that uh, Rouen is, is a place of great pilgrimage to people? Or well, what, what's I mean, the sense? Yeah. So Jones, I mean, Jones legacy is still very much felt there, you know, as a city, it's probably a little bit of an awkward um, relationship, right? Because you're the city that martyred her. It's a little bit like Athens and Socrates or right. you know, Jerusalem and Jesus Christ. Um, but, but I think they do love her and you do see, you see her image throughout the city. You see, um, you do see the devotion to her. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic, and so that was uh, that was sort of the conclusion, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it was a good way to conclude it. I almost didn't do it. I had to I had to change my plane tickets and make you know rearrange a bunch of. Um, well, th- this may be I yeah. you know um, <clears throat> I don't know if this is an easy one to to answer or not, but I mean, what is if, what is the general spirit you took out of that? Oh, I mean, what yeah. what's the um, are you still digesting all this or, or is there some yeah. sort of general? I am. I am. It, that's such a good question. Cause I've had to ask myself, you know, it, 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 it was a, it was a big investment to go, you know, there's an investment of time and money and, you know, I kind of had to justify like, well, why am I doing this? And the takeaway for me was just a greater sense of Joan's mission. And when I, when I talk about her mission, uh, I, her mission was twofold. And we mostly only ever hear about the first part, which was to um, raise the siege of Orléans, in essence, you know, rescue France from from the English invasion, and then and then crown Charles. You know, that was her that was her God given mission in terms of um, her marching orders um, from Saint Michael. But but she had a she had a higher mission really, and that is more about um, proclaiming the social kingship of Christ, you know, she was very adamant about saying that, that Jesus Christ is the King of France and Charles is his Lieutenant. And so really what she was witnessing to was that, um, that Christ, his authority is, um, is both in heaven and on earth. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, that's something that uh, certainly comes through in the writings and the histories of, of St. Joan and, you know, I, th- I think it just it would be fascinating to sort of just be in that location, that physical location where where that all happened. So you can you can see where France, you, you know, this idea of, you know, the, the French and the history of the French monarchy and everything. But you can see um, how that ties so closely. There's such a spiritual bond 
between France and the social kingship of Christ, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It seems like there's just, there's just this incredible bond because of St. Joan of Arc. And it's, it's sort of indisputable even today in the modern world. Yeah. So that was, I, that was really um, a wonderful lesson for me. And, you know, I, I kind of bring that home and, and I'm trying to meditate on, on it and, you know, how, how can I make Jesus Christ, King of my heart and my life and my home and my family, you know, that's kind of where right. I'm at right now. Yeah. And that's what, well, that's a great, well, that's a, that's the kind of message that we all need. I think we all need to, you know, focus on that, making yeah. Jesus Christ King of our hearts and our families and our homes and, and all that. Well, you know, Amy, uh, it just sounds fantastic. And I'm really happy that you were able, able to go and, um, you know, thank you for sharing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, the other, the only other thing I want to say is that I made some wonderful friendships. Um, the, the seven other people who were with me on this trip and they all know who they are, were just, were lovely people each in their own way. I felt like each one of them had to be there. And we, we were quite a motley crew of, you know, coming from <laughs> different backgrounds and life experiences, but I, I do believe that each of us was meant to be there. And we each had our own reasons for being there. And, um, I think we all left blessed, um, for having gone. Well, and so, and thank you for sharing that blessing with all the rest of us. So you were able to come back and tell, tell me and tell all the listeners. And now, now we're all blessed. So I think it's absolutely marvelous and what a wonderful experience. And thanks, Amy. Oh, thank you, Walter. Sharing that with us. Well, so we'll, I'll see now, you know how to end these things. (laughs) I was going to say, I guess we'll end with the well, the prayer of the heroic hearts, we usually do it up front, but we purposely decided to wait and do it at the end. This will be it for just a little while while we're, we're kind of taking a, a break. And some listeners have asked, will there be a season three? Well, you'll just have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're certainly working on it. And you can rest, rest assured that, that at whatever point we come back, that Amy will be in charge again. So <laughs> It will it'll flow wonderfully at that, at that point. But thanks again. Uh, Amy, do you want to read the uh, prayer of the heroic cards? Oh, thank you so much. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, form in us missionary hearts, hearts that burn to spread your faith, heroic hearts of the cross, wanting always and everywhere to bear witness to you. Make us ready to suffer to show our love, and like our sisters, St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese, grant us the desire to conquer for you all the hearts of the universe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, uh, thank you. So all the listeners, uh, keep keep in touch with us because we're kind of pondering what we should uh, do next. We really appreciate the support and the listenership and the in the comments and the prayers and all that, we really appreciate. Visit us at uh, heroic-hearts.com and uh, you'll be able to keep up with what we're doing and we'll we'll come up with, uh, we've got some ideas. We just have to make sure that they're ready. So uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Amy. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll sign off for now. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover enchantment and adventure with St. Joan and St. Therese, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us at heroic-hearts.com.